could start with your like background a little bit. Like, so you you grew up in Mexico City? Or oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, born and raised here in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Um, although when I was like, uh, well, maybe like 10 years, maybe five years old, from five to nine, we lived in Texas for a little bit in San Antonio and then went back to Mexico. But yeah, mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, I graduated high school from here and did school, art school in Boston for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I went to the New England School of Art and Design, which was it was kind of like a tiny little crappy little <laughs> art school. Uh-huh. It was in the in the middle of like transitioning um, because they were being bought out by or merging with Suffolk University, which was a bigger university in Boston, mm-hmm. which didn't have an art school and and. Um, and the New England School of Art and Design had been around for a long time, but it was this tiny little building on Newberry Street. I don't know if you know Boston. I don't know it well. I've only been a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's an all right city. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, um, I feel like I had like the opposite in a way. Like I went to Pratt and then I went to Parsons. Oh, cool. So I've only like gone to these big city schools but in retrospect i feel like there could be something maybe nice about being at a smaller school like i don't know what was it, it, it like it, for you yeah it was it was weird like i have like the opposite thing like i, I was, i'm like oh i wish i would have gone to mm. one of, like to mass art or which i had the opportunity but then i did i got in and everything but i didn't want to go because i was changing my mind Mm-hmm. Because I moved to Boston with a band. We were all playing music in a band with my brother and some other friends from high school. And we all moved to Boston mm-hmm. kind of together to keep pursuing music. Um, so, yeah, the, the school, when I got there, I think I was like the only one who was like really excited about painting. Really? There was like two or three other, like it was tiny. There was two other <laughs> two or three other kids that were you know like kind of knew how to paint didn't know what to do so they decided to maybe go to art school and figure it out and the rest were just graphic designers I think that school was was a good sort of good graphic design school mm-hmm. when I when I got in I was a little bit bummed out that you know I kind of was the only one and kind of really excited about painting Mm-hmm. And so I was just doing a lot of work on my own, and I figured, oh, I, you know, I don't have to go to art school to paint, to be a painter. Like I should, you know, I can learn by myself. And at those times, my paintings were really coming out of books I was reading and things I was learning. And so I decided to just, you know, like, you know, switch switch my classes where I didn't take any of the foundation courses in the first two years, mm-hmm. and I just took like psychology, history, astronomy classes that I thought were interesting to me that I could take things out, you know, for for painting purposes for myself. Mm, that's so interesting. Like, I feel like that's exactly like what I missed by going to like art schools, like that kind of more well-rounded education. Um, but that's, yeah, that's really 
like so were you so you were in this band and you were like I want to be a painter or I am a painter was that kind of your attitude yeah definitely at those times <laughs> definitely you know um I really you know I was still you know I feel like in painting the first year, couple of years five or six years I, I guess I started painting when I was like maybe 17 when you start learning and figure and you start doing a couple of good paintings you you know you get excited and 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 it feels good mm -hmm. so yeah in those times for sure i felt like you know this is what i want to pursue and i'm you know i can do it and i and i feel like i can learn a lot through mm -hmm. it and it sounds like you were like pretty confident like i'm like in it, there, there was a certain amount of confidence also because of the maybe the ignorance yeah yeah <laughs> of like not knowing that much about painting not knowing other good painters you know my age you know not yeah. having so many other friend painters and i feel like there's something there's always something very useful about about that sometimes yeah like a little bit of like Mm, not to paint it in a negative light, but like a delusional kind of like <laughs> not right. really I mean, knowing. Enough. Your only friend painters are the ones you see in books, you know. Like yeah, you're like in those times. I was looking at at a lot of um, German expressionist painters. Mm -hmm. I really really loved those days. So you know, I'm doing my own. You know, James Enser, mm -hmm. um, Francis Bacon. Mm -hmm. uh, things like that and, and it was it was exciting but um but yeah at the same time I was playing a lot of music and and we were as a band you know like trying to take it as serious as we could we all lived together so we were playing music every day um it was so much fun mm. you know at that when you're playing music all the time things just get you know better and better and kind of easier and easier to play and you just want to play even more and more Mm -hmm. and so the, and there was always that <clears throat> like oh right now i really want to go paint you know i was painting in my room we all lived together in a uh -huh. outside of boston and people were you know in the band's like hey we got practice tonight like <laughs> and it was always like oh shit i i want to go upstairs and paint but we got to practice i'll go practice then and mm -hmm. you know practice practice felt great too yeah and after practice i was like nah no more painting for tonight i'm tired like that you know that spark that i wanted to go and you know use up is mm -hmm. gone so after years of that like it sort of helped each other in in ways but it also took away from each other in, in other ways yeah and what kind of a band was it like what were you playing in it i was playing drums mm -hmm. and you know we were playing you know rock and roll basically you know, 90s yeah was it <laughs> a bit grunge yeah it was grungy loud <laughs> but danceable kind of you know uh -huh. high energy yeah also, like, a lot of improv and mm -hmm. and we were really into like underground pixies and i don't know just old rock and roll but yeah, yeah. and then you know after after that i decided to go to new york you know, after school, it was like five years in Boston. And also Boston is not very, to me, it, w it wasn't very inspiring for 
her painting. And coming mm -hmm. from Mexico City, I always felt like, man, Mexico has so much to offer visually and like energy wise and culture, like just, you know, all the time, like things that can influence, you know, your attitude in painting, your visual, you know, vocabulary. Mm -hmm. That was always, I always felt like for me, like where I live, it's, you know, your paintings kind of look, whether you want it or not at a certain point, like from what you're seeing around you, around you, you know, it seeps in all the time. I, yeah, I don't know enough about Boston to know like the visual vernacular, but I felt like when I was in Mexico, it kind of reminded me of like LA mixed with Europe or something. And right. Like in LA, and like LA, it has kind of like paintings everywhere, like on buildings and right. like signage and stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, Mexico City. Also, you have you know, you know, ancient culture and yeah. Spanish influence and all kinds of mix, mixed things and great architecture. And I guess a lot of public public gardens just also like funny things like people you know because of economic difficulties people get creative and <laughs> fix things however you know you can right or or you know people don't really you know like the i mean there's in in a sense as as far as painting goes there's you know all the advertisements outside of little shops and things they're hand painted you know because yeah. it's cheaper to pay somebody to design it all the taco stands so Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, kind of, you see that <laughs> too but yeah but like boston and i lived outside of boston in somerville and i mean there it was kind of like you know like the houses they all look the same kind of like out of mm -hmm. the catalog <laughs> just like yeah some of those uh, new england towns even have like laws about how they have to be all painted the same and stuff right and even the museum i mean the they the ICA, I think it was, is that what it's called? It was a pretty cool institute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ICA. Yeah. That, that place, you know, always had like cool contemporary artists, you know, doing shows there. And it was a good place to see art. As far as galleries, there wasn't that much diversity. Mm -hmm. Museum of Fine Arts, I worked there for a bit, you know, like, I wanted to like you know selling like audio guides or whatever uh -huh. and yeah I mean they have a great Monet collection mm -hmm. great Egyptian collection but as far but there wasn't a lot you know like a lot to you know see if you're really hungry for art right. I decided to go to New York for that reason too yeah was anyone in your family kind of like encouraging you to be an artist or um was it just something you feel like you came to on your own like um yeah. yeah that's always a good question for sure. yeah because there's always that that one thing right <laughs> um for me that moment or that person was a good friend of mine mm -hmm. um, he's still a super you know like brother like jose luis sanchez rule he's a painter maybe like 15 years older than me around you know a different older generation he at my high school he somehow ended up you know, substituting for like my uh, art teacher for for like a semester. And I really, he really, you know, we became really good friends because in those times, like I really didn't have much interest in art mm -hmm. or knowledge. 
yeah. I thought art was going to a museum and seeing boring still lives. And for me, like, you know, in high school, you're like, <laughs> I was trying to play music. I was like, nah, this, this is kind of boring stuff. Or, and he started was starting to bring, you know, stuff to the class to show me. Like, he liked my drawings. I was just copying things out of National Geographic and making, like, kind of narrative, you know, um, narrative sort of like, uh, um, scenes or whatever mm -hmm. um but yeah he he used to i think i was wearing like a dead kennedy's shirt one day and he's like oh you like dead kennedy's like he would bring he's like do you have this tape and i was like oh cool he'd lend it to me and like he'd bring you know like francis bacon books i was like wow like, this could be art too like this is this is this is cool that's cool he started he was the one that started you know feeding me german expressionism and all that which was you know, was kind of right up my alley for what I was sort of like feeling and wanted, thought that I could do even like um, technical wise also, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, I feel that influence in your work. I was actually thinking of it kind of through the lens of like film noir though. Are you into like movies and stuff? Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, for a long time, yeah. I mean, I also through another friend who was studying film in high school, he was always coming over to my house and like, you know, bringing all these weird movies and introducing, <laughs> you know, like film history to us. And we, you know. Yeah. And through that, for sure, there was so many paintings, including maybe some recent ones that I went back to kind of like using sort of the mood of a, a movie scene. Yeah, I feel a very um, cinematic vibe in some of the new ones, which is cool. I mean, I'm, I really like film and I like thinking about like mm, the differences or the crossovers that could happen between film and painting. Like, like, I don't know, something about the distillation of scenes and characters kind of comes through in your work. For sure, yeah, no, T totally. I mean, I was, you know, I love, you know, there's things to learn about composition and obviously colors and mood, which was something that was, has always been like big interest of mine, like as far as like, you know, the, the ability of paintings to sort of like create a mood yeah you know like a, fe a feeling that you know sort of you know it's not like something you can explain with words as like a certain meaning but it's a, it's a mood it's a feeling like and it's very can be you know like movies do that yeah definitely um the music too yeah it's interesting like yeah in film music can be a big part of the mood but in painting you have to kind of do it without that but i feel like you yeah your mood your, your paintings do have a very specific mood like i don't know i was thinking along those lines of like film noir i was thinking about like a lot of them there's a lot of black and dark kind of colors and I felt like I was feeling like a lot of them seemed to happen at night or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe not in a literal way, like maybe more of a like dream space or something. It's the New York influence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, I went to last year when I went to Miami, um, to Basel, you know, I have some friends that lived down there and we we're hanging out and going to people's houses. And I was like, I realized like the art that, you know, a lot of people in Miami have on the walls. It's like really Miami, you know, like beachy, mm. bright colors, like, you know, light. I was like, man, with my painting, like those dark paintings, especially the ones you're thinking of. <laughs> I was like, they even fit here. <laughs> this, There's not one though. Well, also definitely not from Miami. <laughs> the one painting you sent me with um there's like a figure standing by a pool that one could maybe be miami exactly like, yeah <laughs> totally but there's you like maybe like a murder about to happen or happen. Right? <laughs> that painting's it's funny it's i i did it right maybe like in january or february this year <clears throat> that one so it came about after watching that david hockney documentary big splash, mm -hmm. bigger splash i haven't seen it but that makes sense he's got a lot of pool yes exactly <laughs> yeah i wanted to do like a pool scene kind of mm -hmm. that's really interesting yeah it feels like a very totally different mood than his pool oh yeah totally yeah <laughs> almost like lynchian maybe true yeah yeah um so yeah you sent me all this work like it seems like you had a really productive year it it it, it was i mean when i was sending it to you i realized that it was mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're doing it you're all, i mean i'm always like oh, i'm working like especially this year i felt like i started working a lot slower yeah taking, taking my time a lot more with paintings with each painting and there were some of those paintings that you know took you know some came out faster but some went through a lot of changes mm. that maybe within a month or two months it finally you know like it, it had its last you know um, like it was finished mm -hmm. whereas before i was working a lot faster mm -hmm. as, sort of as a technique for me and yeah but yeah, so so yeah, this year I thought oh, I haven't maybe even done enough paintings. <laughs> but um, I guess yeah, I never know. Yeah, I feel like it's even a lot. <laughs> but that's interesting. I feel like I have also been thinking, yeah, I feel like my speed has changed or I'm trying to allow for more for slowing down or taking more time with the work, but I feel like your work still retains like an, a feeling of like speed or something, but that's really interesting to know it's not as fast as it seems. Like, how does that kind of happen? Is it like multiple? Well, yeah, how does it happen? Yeah, I mean, this year also took the approach of sort of painting, like, you know, like a little bit of anything goes. If I'm not satisfied, I keep going. If you know, I started with one idea. I'm open to destroy it completely, and you know, mm -hmm. transform it to a whole different thing, and seeing, seeing what what what's what comes out. But yeah, I think like the the last layer always kind of looks like it was done in five minutes, <laughs> or or pretty fast, and and I like that. I think yeah, and it's sometimes 
sometimes the painting might be at a certain point and you know i'll leave it for some days and it's it's weird how like painting happens that that way where maybe when you're doing it you're pretty excited <laughs> the next day it's all right yeah <laughs> three a... days later it's eh, could be better <laughs> a week later you're like i want to destroy this right or, you know it depends on the painting some paintings are the other way around right but, but it but yeah, I, I let myself be able to keep working on them until I was satisfied. And sometimes I liked the image or, but you know, the paint still wasn't right. The handling, the, you know, just the paint itself. Mm -hmm. I could just go over sort of the whole painting in the right way and it might be mm -hmm. finished. Like almost like redoing it completely. Yeah. Just, yeah. On top of itself. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, this is maybe doesn't. I'm just thinking about film again. Not not that it's necessarily the same, but it's like almost like doing another. You know, in filmmaking, there's like multiple takes. You know, like it's kind of we don't yeah. necessarily see that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. In music. I mean, in music, it's the the same thing. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that. Multiple. I mean, I, I remember when we used to record. I mean, you'd do like, you know, twenty takes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it comes out fast, but sometimes at the twentieth take, you're like, "Oh, we're finally getting it!" <laughs> like now, I understand it. <laughs> yeah. I think in painting, sometimes it happens too. I mean, whether you do it on top of itself or like you do, you know, ten similar drawings or paintings. Mm-hmm the repetition sometimes yeah you really begin to understand what you thought you were doing yeah yeah there's a lot of um repetition or it seems like a one thing that you repeat a lot is these faces that mm -hmm. um often have a kind of like a um well, i was trying to think about the, them as characters and they feel kind of like sneaky or mischief, mm -hmm. mischievous or something. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, how do you how do you think of them, or like, do you feel like they're a specific character or mental state, or you, or does it matter? Yeah, I mean, thought about that. Yeah, in many ways, because like people, you know, what I hear from people when they see, you know, like those faces and stuff. I hear a lot, you know, some people think it's, like you said, mis mischievous or, and I think it more in, in that sense than others would say like, oh, it's scary. Others like, oh, it's funny. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think to me, they're so non-descript in a way. Mm -hmm. It's not a specific person. Yeah. Because it's just like sort of, you know, a face painted in black and, you know, cartoonish sort of mouth and like very simple eyes mm -hmm. they're not so descriptive and that i think makes the person who's seeing it insert their own self into it even mm -hmm. more you know it becomes you know you you have to kind of fill fill in what that what what that is mm -hmm. whereas if you know if you had a very specific face you're like oh, okay i know a person just like that or oh that guy look it looks like a you know a worker Mm -hmm. so this, where is it? In this case, 
I feel like they become more sort of like a mood. Right, yeah. Not not really a person, but maybe somebody that we all have inside, you know? Yeah. Sort of mood that we've all felt before, whether we feel it all the time or not, or <laughs> a little bit here and there. Yeah. And sometimes to me that mood, I used to relate it to, it was kind of like play, play, you know, playing music, like when you're just really in it, Mm. It feels like you're riding a horse and you know you're doing everything possible to, to not fall off you know or like riding a train and it's just going and you're just not thinking mm. it feels good yeah like being super present in a way like not self-conscious not not so much persona but like being right but yeah those faces I, I never painted them to try to make them anything specific mm-hmm. and they kind of started because i you know i love the i was always painting i was I'm, i've always been interested in painting figures and what that does to a viewer when you look at you know a figure with eyes you're all automatically related to your own you know sense your own past your own interpretation of the world your own experiences like oh i've seen you know, maybe it scares me because in my past I saw something, a movie, scary movie or a guy that looked like that or, mm-hmm. or it makes me laugh because, I don't know, I, I relate those, you know, things with laughter. You know, it depends on everybody. So that's, what, yeah, that's one reason I was always sort of interested in phases because it, it really it really opens up for the viewer you know what you know the it's not it's not so such a specific it is but it isn't a specific thing and then formally as a painting it's to me it's great two eyes there's symmetry <laughs> you can break it up you, you know you can it can be infinite yeah and it and, seems like it is kind of like it seems like you can you have this endless well of faces that you've been making yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, those have been, you know, yeah, like ways on how to approach, approach a painting mm-hmm. through through a face. Um, yeah, they've been more about painting than than the face. Mm-hmm. The black ones that I was doing was more about making a big shape on canvas mm-hmm. and having a mood attached to it. You know, once mm-hmm. you paint the face, and it doesn't matter if the eyes are where they're supposed to be they could be one eye could be here another one floating up there the mouth could be you know mm-hmm. <laughs> people will still know it's sort of related to a human being or your own experience in a way yeah totally um that makes me think of your use of text too like it seems like you kind of use text in the same way and it's like right like it's it can be all like not super decipherable but it's still there's something about it that still reads or something right it's just yeah more just more visual forms that you know sort of yeah i mean yeah i've used text before with i'd rather not say anything specifically Mm -hmm. 
because I like the form, you know, these days I kind of like the form better mm -hmm. than, than that it should say something specific. Yeah, there was one. The letters, the letters look cool in painting sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, that makes sense when I look, there was one that just had like LMNOP or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> And that, yeah, it's just kind of language in the abstract or something. Yeah, and that's also, those are all like things that I've kind of always done and they've just kind of been rehashed. And I mean, there was a time when I did care a lot about putting <laughs> text in paintings, you know, early on and having specific things. And I also do a lot of drawings, just, you know, like pen drawings very simple just to kind of get things out and I'm always listening to music you know and you just whatever comes out you throw it in there no compromise no mm -hmm. no being like judgmental about yourself and like letting yourself you know do whatever you want doesn't have yeah. to be a good drawing doesn't have to be <laughs> look like anything and it, it's fun like I, I have you know piles and piles of those yeah and it sort of helps me just get get things out and and sometimes I use things from there. And as I'm doing those drawings, sometimes like, yeah, text comes out, but it's it's fun to write things down that don't mean anything. It's hard in a way to yeah. let go of that, to let go of like trying to make meaning of something, trying to make something matter in a way. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, it's almost harder to be, yeah, like, um to let go of that literal literalness or something it reminds me of um like not that i'm a big jazz person per se but like i feel like something i know about jazz is like you know they take like a standard and then they kind of like pull it apart and just like riff on it sure. i'm a big old blues fan too yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of the same you have very simple things and mm. you know you mix and match and jumble them up and shake them around and <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you don't need much yeah um so kind of what you were saying about the drawing thing i'm always curious about how it sounds like you you are a very prolific drawer and like i'm always kind of interested in how the drawings like relate to the paintings like it sounds like maybe it's not like a drawing is a plan for a painting but that they can generate parts of paintings is that mm -hmm. kind of exactly yeah i've always liked drawing as it for its for itself mm -hmm. and all kinds of drawing and i particularly really enjoy charcoal drawing the line really you can really extend it and I love like the look of it and everything. It's a little mm. messy, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yes, I think that you know this year I was letting myself do more um, things where like you know uh, take a you know create a make a painting really you know based off a past drawing that I had done. Mm. Whereas before I was never really doing that. I've, just kind of did the would do the drawings more for sort of 
as almost exercise, loosening up my hand and, and, and making a drawing. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, they seep into the paintings here and there. But this year, I think maybe a couple of paintings that I sent you, um, like the especially the one that was very film noir mm-hmm. um, and the pool one as well. Mm-hmm. Those were those were actually I was like let's try and you know yeah do a painting really like strictly off a drawing that I had made so yeah those were two different drawings that I had made mm. and I went for for it and made you know sort of the painting like that well I feel like my like I feel like I'm trying to figure that out for myself and I guess the thing I worry about is that it won't feel spontaneous or it won't feel alive or something but I don't feel I couldn't I mean I didn't I wasn't aware of that at all when I was looking at them you know like it felt totally alive or whatever no totally I mean paintings that I was doing like four years ago or five um they were really based trying to do exactly what you said like make a painting that has that same feeling as that of as a drawing you know mm-hmm. you know, the spontaneity you know you know the lines the thing is at some point and it's hard because yeah. you know and i feel like a lot of painters have done it and tried to do it it's like a thing you know that you always kind of want to do <laughs> i know and, <laughs> But at some point, yeah, it just has to transform into a painting, and it. Yeah. I think for me, the the thing was like a drawing is this big, mm-hmm. you know, like especially the ones that I do are you know eight and a half by eleven, a little bigger, a little smaller around there. And because it's on a table, you're all the distance between you know your face, your eyes, and the paper is already almost as if you were paint, you know. You have a, a good, you have a good, um, a, a, a good visualization of the whole page. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if you were painting with a huge. If you were to do a painting like that, is if you would be doing like a big painting with a really long, you know, paintbrush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when you're when you're painting, I feel like especially if you're trying to do a big painting with that feeling, it's hard because you're is like really close to the painting and your arm is just so long right and, and you're not seeing the whole thing all at once i mean i think the kooning used to like you know make his own paintbrush or attach him to like long sticks so he mm. could actually see what he's doing as he's painting really fast i think a lot of painters have you know have done that <laughs> but i remember reading the kooning would do that because and, and and that's part of the feeling of why at least for me, sometimes it's hard to get a painting to have that same energy, or at least a big painting to have that same energy as a drawing, because in a drawing you can you're seeing the whole page all. I mean, a small drawing seeing the whole page all at once. Mm, that's really interesting that that it's partly perspectival, because I feel like for me it may be um, maybe that's. I mean, I like, I was making a lot of big paintings, but then I kind of backed off because I felt like I was running out of space to put them. But (laughs) um, like, 
For me, I was thinking more about like the psychological aspect. Like when you make a drawing, like you don't care yeah. whether it's bad. And then when you make a pair, sure. you do. <laughs> but also there's a lot of like drawing in your painting. Like it feels like that they they have a lot of like drawing element in them. Yeah, this year also, yeah, started to kind of bring in, you know, some chalk. There's some that kind of look like chalkboard. Mm. Like, you know, kind of, and it's be because of the same thing that you brought up. It's the same reasons, like, I'm trying to bring, <laughs> you know, maybe just bring drawing directly onto the painting, you know. Yeah. The in. I know. Bring the chalk in. Bring the marker in. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of Cy Twombly a bit, too. Like, right. Yeah, he which he was very into that like kind of fake language, like scribbly looking. For sure, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he he it's amazing how he was able to do that in such such big canvases. Like I mean it amazes me sometimes I MoMA I know that are met sometimes they have like some big side twamblies hanging up. I always wow, it's just, such a great painting. So huge, and it's just a little pencil. <laughs> like, I know. Like you kind of almost just use like pencil all over, and it and it works. Yeah, totally. I feel like great. he was someone I was very wowed by, kind of early on. Like, I read once that he, like, kind of came to his style from like kind of misinterpreting Jackson Pollock as being like about graffiti or something, and I thought that was really cool like that always stuck with me and it's funny that his work is very like graffiti like but it's also like seems like he's obsessed with like antiquity and like right. classical whatever for sure i mean that yeah he, it's a yeah mixing it with that he's kind of punk though i think i feel like kind of what i feel like his work's kind of punk <laughs> oh yeah for sure i mean i feel like he's totally influenced a lot of artists that you know like kind of gone different direction i mean even like uh, from like basquiat to right you know, like or you know, yeah they're able to you know really where it goes back to what you were talking about about drawing it'd be it really kind of painting as as if you know with the really drawing attitude yeah and basquiat, painting with oil sticks and i mean still yeah. Do you use oil sticks? Um, I tried them maybe some years ago. <clears throat> um, they're fun for sure. Maybe one day I'll definitely do some more. Yeah, I have it. I mean, lately, no. Yeah. I, have them. <laughs> I love them, but they're they're very expensive, and I they are. <laughs> you go through them in a second. Exactly. It's like yeah, but I. So I only buy certain colors that are the cheaper ones, but but they're really fun. Like for sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was maybe I don't know when was it? Like 2012-ish. Painting, doing um, yeah, some like oil sticks on rock canvas. Mm. And um, it's funny, like yeah, I mean those times I think. I know Joe Bradley did a bunch, and then at the same oh, yeah. time, um, Oscar Murillo did a bunch. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> we can have that. <laughs> yeah. But, but, it, but yeah, no, it was fun. Like on, and on rock, I love the look of it on rock canvas too. 
Yeah, I know. It's pretty great. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker for that stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely something to keep doing. I've never tried them on like a very smooth surface. Mm. They'll probably last longer and I'm sure they go faster. Yeah, I was kind of starting paintings with them for a while or just like make a kind of very, like a drawing of the kind of basic composition and then add more things to it. Did you paint in oil? Mm -hmm. Yeah, although I'm, I've been um, experimenting with different things like I've been starting to try acrylic and I made a bunch of paintings with dye in the past year and a half, which has been, was kind of my attempt at trying to bridge the gap between drawing and painting a bit because I do a lot of ink drawing, but, and I, I was very happy with that, but I don't, but I'm kind of like not, I'm not going to give up on oil painting, even though it's harder in some way. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, is your work acrylic mostly? Yeah, these these days, yeah, it's all pretty much acrylic. It feels um, like oil painting, though. Actually, when I look at it, which I don't it, know what that means, but I I guess maybe because <laughs> I think of oil painting as being more like figuring it out on the canvas, but not that it right. has to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've always loved oil painting and I started and I paint always used to paint it in oil and then when I started working faster and like figuring the figuring out on the canvas became um, better for me to do in acrylic mm. um, and now I've you know I realized like some of some of the things that I really used to love or still love of oil painting is you know the look of it the, sometimes like a surface is never so unified in um, the way it looks. Some, there's areas that are more glossy, some of them mm. are more matte, depending on like the linseed oil and the turpentine. And, you know, it, I, lo I love that. And, and, I, and I realized like when I first started acrylic, I used to just use, you know, like the same type of acrylic mm. throughout a painting. And then it, when it dries, it just kind of like, all, it all looks the same. Like the surface all just looks the same. There's no variation and it's just- yeah very plasticky and I started experimenting now I I kind of like the look of some of the like the surfaces of, of the the paintings because I, I, I use like a lot of different acrylics mm -hmm. some that are super matte like the flash shade or flash painting the flash mm -hmm. paint which is super matte almost chalkboardy I love that and you kind of randomly sometimes mix it with the golden and it, mm -hmm. and it dries it's like <laughs> you know sometimes yeah like it's you see the going between the matte to glossy i've used another one that i really like is guerra paint oh yeah i've heard that one's the best <laughs> that one's pretty super high quality like the but that one has it's it, it feels a little different mm. you can do a lot with it mix it with you know the guy sells you you know like different um like the binder to mix the the the, the liquid pigments mm -hmm. with and and that one dries really like I use it just for certain colors nowadays just like just for black for certain mm -hmm. blacks it dries super glossy it looks okay. almost like very industrially like it doesn't look like oil or acrylic it looks weird it looks like oh. it's still wet <laughs> that's cool that's interesting 
I, yeah, I still haven't been there, but I feel like people tell me it's like the best and you have to go and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a cool, like old school. Yeah, it's like a shop. whole, like they really like crafted and stuff. Yeah. 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 The guy says that he buys like the, he said, I remember he told me once that he, supposedly there's like five or something companies in the world that, that make all the pigments of all the paint that's used everywhere like wow and he says he buys directly from some of those companies and or he sold me a red once and he's like yeah this is the ferrari red (laughs) (laughs) it's an amazing red like it really looks super like they're high quality (laughs) pigments that it's some pigments that you can't find in like golden or any or whatever you know yeah i feel like i'm not quite that sophisticated yet or something where i like know what company is like the best well i guess i have my oil sticks that i like i mean i feel like there's only two companies of those but but i don't know someone told me you should only buy like uh i forget what they said now i feel like they said european oils or something (laughs) french yeah or (laughs) yeah something (laughs) which usually sounds like more expensive (laughs) imported um but i feel like you're another person i was thinking about when i looked at some of the recent work was decurico which i just looked up because i was like am i pronouncing it right (laughs) yeah i don't know how to pronounce it right either but, (laughs) but it's funny that yeah he's never been like like an influence on me i've always known like his work since i started painting but recently i kind of noticed like oh like there's a couple of paintings that kind of have that vibe and i think you're not the only one that has said that yeah just in the sense of like a kind of like emptiness or a kind of like yeah like a scene that feels a little bit strange and it's hard to like totally right. put your finger on why the mood yeah the mood again <laughs> yeah it's funny the Kiriko like I know like Gustin was obsessed with him and he, oh, he yeah. was a huge influence like it's funny like when you see the Kiriko's paintings the, his signature sometimes I even like Gustin kind of like oh really he, he does his <laughs> signature exactly the same way like with the like, right with this fine little brush That's cool it's cool but like you don't really see that sometimes you don't see that influence Kiriko to Gustin in a way yeah you broke up a little bit but yeah that influence of the Kiriko to Gustin yeah you don't think of I don't feel like I think of Gustin as being influenced like he just seems like this genius that didn't need anything else but yeah it's kind of reassuring to know that he even like oh, he had he, to get there somehow yeah no i love <laughs> justin too and I, um i love his writings too and everything but he talks a lot about you know like he was obsessed and you do see it like with caro de la francesca mm-hmm. and also mirandi like when i when oh, you yeah. see mirandi painting something i'm like wow like it's so Gustin, like the the way of the the brushing of the of the paint and like the you know like the, they always have the how do you say the the horizon line mm-hmm. always in, always interested in the little spaces between the objects almost more yeah. than the objects themselves 
Right. And they, then these objects that are kind of very, they're very like grounded and ordinary, but then they kind of are very symbolic and transcendent yeah. at the same time. I love Morandi too. Like I, I yeah. it's one, one painter I can never get get enough of. <laughs> Just no. like, and there's such little paintings. I know. I would like Great to color. see. I kind of feel like I only got into him kind of in the past couple of years, and I don't know if I've actually seen them in person. But oh yeah, they're yeah, I mean, they're, just, they're beautiful, and it's almost like one of those that are like, oh, it's so simple and so great yeah. like there's like a purity and like yeah. a kind of transcendent quality i feel yeah <laughs> and they're just you know it's all about painting it's not yeah. really about the little vases you know little things he's painting it's all about painting yeah exactly i feel like that's interesting i wasn't thinking of gustin as much but now that you say it i feel like you seem like you have this repertoire of like elements like we talked about the faces but like there's a lot of fruit in the recent ones and like some clocks and things <laughs> yeah the, the the fruit i think you know it just kind of started coming out and then uh, i realized like oh a lot of these paintings have fruits <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just kept going with it yeah um i realized like i put a banana in one and then i realized oh like the banana is just kind of the same shape that i've been that I like, like the mouth of oh, yeah. the that I do. It's, kind of, <laughs> ah, it's the same shape. Um, the apple is kind of started because I was making a painting that kind of looks like it's like a green, almost looks like a green chalkboard. Mm-hmm. And I put some vases in it and they kind of started having, like the vases had sort of like maybe some kind of abstract faces. Mm-hmm. And it just needed something else, something red. And I think mm-hmm. I put a red splotch in it and start turning into an apple and it needed more and then more apples. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, an apple's, an apple's not bad. Yeah, I like <laughs> the apples. I think there's, there's one with an apple core too. Is that right? An apple web? Like an apple core. Like oh, one, yeah. Is there? No. There's one that's like all black and it has like maybe a little bottle and like an apple core, like an eaten up apple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and smoke and cigarettes seem like a recurring. Right. Thing. Yeah, I did a show in Mexico City called Fumes and it was they were all kind of revolving around cigarette and smoke and smoke mm. through the face. Yeah, smoke is cool to paint. Like, um, sure. did you happen to see the last Susan Rothenberg show? Are you into her at all? I, I, I've always yeah known her. Um, she's she's amazing too. Yeah, I did not see the show, and I never dove like deeply into like her work. But I mean, I know several of her works that definitely relate to what I'm super interested in too. Yeah, you should check it out because, um, well, I only got into her work in the past couple of years also, but I'm now obsessed with her and I went to see her last show like in person twice and there's one piece that's just like a hand with like a smoky cigarette and she was like a big smoker and stuff and um, I recently made some portraits of her where she's smoking and the painting the smoke part was really fun. <laughs> nice. 
And she made some big paintings too. Yeah, she made some giant paintings. There's a giant, I went to the Met when it reopened and there's like a giant painting that is really cool. Like it has this weird perspective. It's like kind of from like looking down from like the sky point of view. Yeah, and I mean, some of her paintings, what I liked of the ones that I've know is that they're super, they're so simple in a way, like it's just like an image of a maybe of a whole piece of a horse or something painted yeah. in the ground, and then the rest of the canvas is kind of like dirty and just like <laughs> it's beautiful, it's great. It's like, yeah. so, I love it. That kind I know. of, I love it. It's and it really feels like an event has happened when I look at her work, like it's really something potent like it's hard to put your finger on it but I feel like you're like I wasn't even thinking of talking about her but like I feel like you're in that realm of like mm, how do I put it um like like you're not trying to be like a good painter in the sense of like virtuosic or rep like be photorealistic or whatever so in that zone of like I guess I mean I don't want to really say bad painting but like I guess a kind of raw painting or like um a more simplified kind of way that things are like which sometimes I feel like like which I really enjoy that kind of painting like I feel like oh yeah <laughs> and I am also I would put myself in that camp like um I feel like the weird the confusing thing about it in a way is like how do you know when it's good or how do you know when it's done like when things are really simplified like what is the like and yeah. I don't really have an I mean I know it when I see it but I'm curious if you have any thoughts about that <laughs> yeah yeah and i think it yeah it's just kind of you know it when you see it yeah i go by, I go by that too mm -hmm. um i mean sometimes i think about that ex exact same thing that you're saying sometimes when i see like a great philip gustin painting and you know they're or you see like a bunch of them and they're not all as great as, mm -hmm. as the next one you know and there's some that are you're like how did he would I have left, you know, that area that definitely could have used some work? Like you could tell he scraped off, you know, something that they didn't like, but he kind of left the ghost image. But then that yeah. area, if you see it in person, it's kind of like ugly and muddy. And like you think, would I have, you know, just covered that up a little more and like made it go away? Or, mm -hmm. and I think it, in the end, I don't know. When we're talking about mood, I think the the way the intention of the painting, the way you leave things, let things be, or how you let air, parts of a painting go, or or that even if you don't see the intention, really you do feel it, and it, mm -hmm. it does change the mood. I, like I've done it before in a painting where you know you do cover up maybe some areas, and then you're like ah. I lost something. <laughs> yeah. I lost something there. Like it doesn't feel right anymore. It doesn't feel the same anymore, you know? Yeah. Like that makes me think of like it feels like there's a kind of like vulnerability and honesty in it exactly. in a way. And and there's this 
there's this there's this excerpt from Augustine talk actually, which he's talking about how he paints at night and then he'll come in the next morning and be like, oh, that's me. Like, and <laughs> and sometimes he can't like really look at it. Like sometimes it's he can't, he's not ready for that yet or something. Right. Um, and like, so in a way, and so I think in a way it's like, yeah, are we ready to expose that or how awkward can we leave it or something right. like that? Yeah. I, that's, that's what I like about painting that you never really know. Yeah. That's, that's what keeps keeps it fresh for yourself. Like that you'll never figure it out. You'll never right. have like this technique <laughs> or this one way of doing it where you can wake up every day and be like, oh, I'm just gonna do another great painting. Like, cause <laughs> I know the steps, you know, you never know the steps. And if yeah. you do know the steps, then you're done, you know, in a way. <laughs> right, there's always like, a risk. It's weird how much of a risk there is. Like it feels so like, like if you think of it just like- It is you know, a risk, yeah. Yeah, like it's, but I it's like, we, why? <laughs> Right, no, I mean, you're <laughs> dealing with yourself, you know, yeah, like you dealing with yourself and what it feels like to be alive. And is it are you worthy? Like, sometimes you go into the studio and you're like, What am I doing with my life? Like, what am I, you know, <laughs> am I letting my or are you painting things that should I let myself paint this? Is mm-hmm. anybody gonna like it? Do I even like it? Am I too yeah. afraid to paint this? Or am I too, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it makes or or do you? play it safe and you know I'll paint something really good that you know at least at least it's painted really good even though I'm maybe not you know don't feel or you know it's a conversation with yourself and see like you said revolving around feelings and honesty and yeah and and more things that you don't even know you know that yeah maybe oh go ahead uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that makes me think of a, the beginning of a conversation when you're talking about like your music and kind of like being in the zone or whatever, you know, like yeah. part of it is whether you're really in it or not when you're right. making it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, like sometimes you are like, I think Gustin would say that sometimes you paint for four hours and then like in 15 minutes you you do everything that you need to you know like yeah, <laughs> uh, you're, right. painting, you're painting for two weeks and then it the, the, nothing's working out and then in like two hours you sort of figure it all out mm-hmm. yeah like you hit that point where you kind of like understand it or you I think Tal are you like there's a great documentary of him where he started these big like train paintings and he would just start first like with lines of paint Mm-hmm. huge canvases and he would just paint for days until he, like without you know thinking just whatever color just up and down lines <laughs> line after nine and he said he needed to like exhaust himself to the point where he could exhaust himself and, and sort of to get to that that point that we're talking about where you can okay now I now I know what I want to sort of or mm. now I'm feel, you know and now I see it or now I, I know what I want to do now like that like almost to the point where you stop feeling precious or caring about right yeah or you start start painting yeah (laughs) that makes a lot of sense i feel like i've been talking to people in some of the other interviews about how sometimes like painting over an old painting can give that to me because i'm like well it doesn't have to work (laughs) 
I'm just trying yeah. something out. <laughs> yeah, and that's all. Sometimes it's like the, the getting yourself out of your own way type yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. I think um, Picasso once said, um, which I also love, like his approach and doing things. Like he, he said, like sometimes when you're painting, you might do something comes out all of a sudden that you really love. You're like, wow, this part came out amazing. Like I discovered something. He's like, he said that, you know, destroy it immediately because that's, you know, that'll become your, you know, you, you know, it becomes your kind of like handicap. As right. And it's true. Like sometimes you're, and I've done that a million times where you're like painting and, you know, you, oh, this part of the painting's awesome or, or it's amazing. Like I, 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 it's working for me or whatever. But the painting as a whole doesn't so you sort of trying to paint around that part mm -hmm. and nothing works and you paint this other part to to sort of make it work with that part that you like and it still doesn't work and to the point where you realize like no nah, i have to destroy that <laughs> in order for right. this painting to move on and then and to be itself yeah Again. it's like surrendering to the painting not to the like part or something and it's like your ego too you know yeah you're like oh how can i you know that that came out so good and like i, <laughs> I spent so much time doing that how can i just you know destroy it you know it's like right. dealing with yourself too yeah it's kind of a very that's a very self-trusting thing in a way because you have to you have to be willing to trust that you can make something better or that you can do that again and it's not like this one last yeah. time you did something good or something yeah, and it, and it, you know yeah no i love it and um i think rothko i read a long time ago that he he said something that faith was mm -hmm. like one of, an important tool for a painter because sometimes yeah it's like throwing yourself off a cliff mm -hmm. like sort of having faith in yourself that you might figure out a way to land on your feet you know and in the painting sometimes you know it's not you're making a mess you know you're what what still drives you is like you're, you're you know like i know that at at the end i'm going to come out with something with something mm -hmm. something that i like i won't stop till i you know yeah like figure it out and maybe even having faith that it's all productive in a way even if you can't exactly yeah, yeah. That too, yeah. Where it's, I mean, in in that sense, where you have to have some bad times, yeah, to get to the good times. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> like a painting, I feel has that, like, that process too, where it's not, not, you know, goes through phases, maybe. Yeah, like I mean, in a way, I feel like. I'm, that's part of, I think, maybe what comes from slowing down, although I'm still, like, learning about it. But I do feel like if you, like, save a painting from what you thought was, like, not working, like, that is a really good feeling. <laughs> yeah. It also, like, amazes me, like, sometimes, like, when you, you're doing stuff that's maybe out of your comfort zone, makes you feel uncomfortable. I mean feeling uncomfortable is actually it's probably like the, the, some of the best <laughs> when you're yeah. like when you're like actually going in a good direction yeah but exactly. at the time you're like oh should i should i not it's uncomfortable i don't know this does this feel, you know yeah but you might see it a couple of days later and you're like wow that that's where it's at yeah 
I was reading this awesome book, which I'll maybe put a link to in the show notes, but like it's called The Courage to Create. And it had this anecdote about um, Giacometti and how like, even though he was super famous and world renowned, like he kind of was always like so tortured and so anxious about his work. And I found that very like, oh yeah. Um, reassuring or something. Oh, even Picasso. I think I, yeah. I read a book of uh, my life with Picasso by one of his lovers. What was her wife? Um, Francois Gilot. It's mm. a great. It's a great book. But she'd said that, like, I mean, this was in the '40s. He was already like, you know, six sixty something years old, probably around there, and you know, super wealthy and you know, renowned and important. Had like all the best friends in the world, Jacques Lacan and Giacometti comes out there, that's what, you know, everybody, you know, and he would still, she says that he would still, like, have so much, you know, like, trouble waking up in the morning because, you know, he, he was such full of self-doubt and, like, oh, because I think his ex-wife would send him letters almost every day and he would, you know, his butler would give him the letters <laughs> in the morning and she would read them to him and it was all, like ex-wife like oh you're an asshole like you're the worst person ever your son is like doing really bad and then he would get in this mood and she says that he's like oh I can't even I paint worse every day I can't even paint as good as I used to like my friends are you know paint better than me and like I'm nothing and she would like have to humor him for like 30 minutes for no you're the best painter in the world like you're amazing and finally you get up and yeah go throughout his day and by night he'd be painting like all the confidence in the world you know mm, I love that I never heard that actually I think my idea of Picasso was that he like never doubted himself yeah but... that's, I mean he comes across that way of course yeah that's really I love that <laughs> also and it Marcus Lupertz I've read some of his interviews where he says that um he doesn't let any of his paintings go out of his studio for a year mm. shows because he he's he says he like you know like a wine or something like he has to let it sit there for almost a year for him to actually be able to see it with you know like maybe a, in a more objective way like oh it's a good painting or it's a bad painting or it's a worthy painting to like send out to a show or whatever I think that's really smart because I feel like, yeah, it is hard to see whether you've done something good or not. Like, yeah, it's like, especially if it's new and it's different, like it can seem awkward or weird. And yeah, it's easy to think it's not good and it's embarrassing or something or paint over it immediately. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's, with technology these days it's fun to i may mean, take a lot of pictures of different stages of the painting mm -hmm. sometimes i'll look back in the pictures and be like oh you should have just left it right there <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, or that stage could be a good idea for like you know a painting in the future mm -hmm. but yeah it depends how you're feeling that day and you know what you're letting yourself do and i mean it's amazing like I mean, something when I I saw Julian Schnabel's last show, I mean, he like talking about like maybe like sort of like ego or so or like giving yourself certain <laughs> confidence. I mean, like that guy, like make a, you know, 
15 foot painting and with just one huge line drawn with a mop or something (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's kind of like when you think of that and some of them are good whatever but it's kind of like revolving around that same feeling like of you know um when do you let when do you let what you were saying before like when do you let a painting Mm. just be at what moment do you call it done or it yeah does it does the painting have to be so closed in that every detail has been taken care of does that make a painting better or the or is a painting that has also holes in it you know like you know like parts that maybe are not as sort of um finished as others or seem looser i mean it does it depends i mean there's no real way yeah totally telling as long as there's an experience to be had you know yeah it's like partly divorcing it from like i feel like in other kinds of work if we even like i feel like there's a part of me that wants to try to call it play but i can't really do it (laughs) but um i would like to try to think of that but um like in other kinds of work it's like how hard or how long have you worked on it but that's not really what defines exactly. a good painting so <laughs> exactly yeah I mean on purpose I was doing that like one of the first shows that I had in New York in 2014 they were kind of biggish paintings like 80 by 60 and they were back again to what we were talking the paintings that one that that I wanted to have the feeling of drawing of of the of of the drawings that I was making so they were all black and white paintings mm-hmm. kind of like a creamy color kind of like white mm. black and it was also these figures and some of them were more abstract some of them less but they were done really really fast they you know had I planned them and stuff and some of them you know planned that sort of like the gist of what it could be but a lot of them were just you know done with gestures that were you know faster than I could think of what I'm going to do and just kind of letting Mm -hmm. you know and very minimal too so the gestures you know were very present they weren't hidden hidden by any more information and Mm -hmm. it was they seemed like very transparent paintings and and I liked them but also, a lot of comments that I had were like, oh, you did these like in five minutes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, you... But I like that feeling, but it's the same thing that yeah. you're saying. Like, does that make right. it any worse? Or does that make it bad? Yeah. It, it, to me, it's not a bad or good thing. Like, that's not even a conversation to, uh, for me. Like, but a lot of people do. I yeah. Mean, I mean, the I... public at large does see painting in that way or judge it yeah totally I mean yeah that's a common like thing that someone's parents might say it's like right. like, <laughs> like I could have done that or my kid could have done that but right, like right. but actually it's not really true because I mean <laughs> not, yeah of course it's not yeah I mean like yeah I feel like a lot of people who say that would actually be kind of paralyzed to actually do that if they were given the opportunity which is interesting to think about it's like what picasso also said that he was like 
when I was 14, I could paint like Raphael, but it took me like 50 years to be able to paint like a kid, you know? Yeah. And there's something to be said to about my, yeah. our kids. Yeah. They, they just go, go at it without judgment. Oh, and you have a son. Um, I remember seeing on your Instagram, there was a painting where he was like, drawing on it first do you actually let him like collaborate or do you feel like inspired by him yeah I mean when I was this year when I'm <clears throat> stretching some like kind of medium-sized canvases he was like oh, are you gonna let me paint on one <laughs> I was like yeah maybe and he's like please let me one day I just gave him some paints and but he just didn't even like think about it twice what I'm gonna do it's just like oh start painting and not you know, know you're, oh, I messed up, or it doesn't, nothing, just like, and it's great to see that. Yeah. Because I, I think the older, you know, uh, us painters, you know, we're full of, I feel like every painter, I think, is full of self-doubt, too, and like, and you ha are, are always kind of battling it in, mm -hmm. the, in, a, in a way, like the self, you know, judging of what you're doing, or trying to, like, get to a point where you don't have that judgment where you can just paint mm -hmm. it's not always easy you can't just um i think as an adult yeah i almost think that's the hardest part of it the like psychology of it and i, I always see that like in you know you see that in sports too you know mm -hmm. because of my kid i've been getting into soccer like european soccer a lot <laughs> watching it but i watch it with like a sort of artist or painter's eye mm. like you're like oh they're dealing with the same thing like like at some point they could be these super skillful guys can be full of self-doubt like it's the final like they're losing yeah like psychological thing they can't you know get themselves to like get back up and, and you know and, and feel like they're gonna win and and they lose you know but you see other guys and they're might be even kid, you know, a lot younger than these big teams. And they're like, just their coach fills them with all this confidence and psychological, you know, like we can do it, we can win and they'll do comebacks and they'll believe that they can and they'll do amazing things. Like yeah. no self-doubt, no. But yeah, it's, it's, you can't, nobody can keep that sort of state of mind at that level all the time you know you you know you're always gonna have bad studio days mm -hmm. lose you're always gonna have you know <laughs> you know, you always try to shoot to to win but mm -hmm. that's part of it right and i see it with painting too like not every painting is gonna be good or great and there's all you know you have to have some bad paintings yeah <laughs> or a lot of them to you know get to the good ones and <laughs> Yeah, you have a painting of a, um, I just remember you had a painting with like a kind of soccer situation happening. Oh, like, yeah. Feels like maybe like a, is it like a shooting a goal kind of moment? <laughs> kind of, yeah. That painting also started to try to like, like the drawings that I do like with pen. I don't know if I've shown them to you, but they look more sort of like that, like those kind of figures. So that painting started with just a white canvas and like doing a drawing with charcoal mm. and started painting. Some things disappeared, other things um, appeared. 
but yeah it was the same about the same thing like trying to somehow figure out a way to paint in the that drawing attitude yeah it seems like then yeah like you're saying the sports becomes a metaphor for painting in a way yeah i, I mean i feel like I mean, when I hear like the coaches, like sometimes I, I get obsessed with stuff sometimes and like YouTube is a great place for that. <laughs> but, like the teams that I like, I go and see interviews with the coaches and like some some coaches, they speak, you're like, oh, it's like I'm hearing like maybe an artist speak about his work, you know, mm-hmm. like in the sense that that it's it's about, you know, the mental states, it's about confidence, it's about like what we're saying, like maybe having faith that you can achieve something mm-hmm. uh, having to deal with lot with losing <laughs> yeah. you know, how do you deal with bad days how do you deal with luck like i feel like in painting chance and stuff like uh, is also a factor as well as in sports i mean in soccer like for example it's all about i relate it to painting because it's all about creating spaces it's about space mm-hmm. about figuring out how to create space and create opportunities mm-hmm. and you attack 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 to create opportunities and what happened it's about taking risks and sometimes you figure out that playing it safe will lead end up leading to maybe a, a mistake and it'll score on you mm-hmm. and taking risks could be a 50 50 mm-hmm. but that's the way to to also like if you don't take risks it's not gonna not gonna you know, win the game and then painting the same, you know, like you might do something and something you're planning this painting and something might happen and you go another way and you're like, ah, should I stick with the plan or go to this new window of opportunity that opened? And mm-hmm. should I take this risk or, you know, and sometimes, you know, there's choices that you have to make. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you hear like these people talk about, you know, at, at that level of professionalism, they're still dealing with those same same factors, you know, with Yeah, it's a good um it's a good analogy, I feel like, because it is both in both cases it is something that's supposed to be fun and kind of a game, but it's also like enormous sure. pressure and like people watching you do it. <laughs> For sure yeah i think yeah i mean the fun comes out of it because of the hard work and the and the obstacles that you had to endure mm-hmm. to get to it you know makes the fun feel deeply fun you know like in painting too like when you're struggling with a painting for days and and, you find, and, and, it, and it ends up being a good painting or a great painting you're like wow like it was all worth it that whole adventure that whole yeah bumpy ride or whatever mm-hmm. and like a lot of paint i feel like some paintings or painters come across it like because of what you were saying he comes across as like oh this guy that you know never has a bad studio day and like just like wakes up and like makes a million great paintings like his paintings kind of have that feeling to them mm-hmm. a little bit yeah but yeah i mean when you when you read it's funny also to like that book like a lot of his 
sort of abstract faces that he was doing like in the 30s and 40s of like these women portraits like with the eye over here and like kind of both profile and great paintings he she said that a lot of most of those paintings would start out very realistic oh and he said and he would say like oh he hasn't risked enough like he loved risks i think mm. he would say that he would hadn't risked enough and it just was too simple of a too you know straightforward of a painting but and then you would start you know erasing apart transforming it and <laughs> little by little like you it would end up you know with a couple lines here and there and eye over here like almost like a fast drawing but those yeah. paintings were would always start she's at least she said that would start in a very different with a diff, different approach like on the almost like very representational straightforward approach I never knew that. That's really interesting. I I mean, I knew that he had that, like I went, I went to the Picasso Museum in Spain once and I, you know, uh, he was like really virtuosic, like drawer and painter from like a really, yeah. really early age. So I knew, I know he can do that, but yeah, I never knew that he started a painting like that, but it's almost like risk the risk of making something that's kind of in time too or that yeah it's not what people might expect of something in a way yeah there's yeah there, there's a good video on youtube i think it's called i don't know if it's you can find it but it's called um the mysteries of picasso and it's him there's, I think there's a version that's kind of long that he goes through, paints maybe like three or four paintings and they're filming him do the paintings and you see like all the transformations. Mm. Like the, the, the head is here and she, he moves it there <laughs> and the leg and then he erase the whole thing. And like, you know, it's like things that, you know, when I think about it, like in my own painting, I'm like, wow, like I could have left it right there. Like, one of, you know, am I, pushing it enough or <laughs> yeah I know that's like that's like I feel like I see that with my students sometimes like they want to just have it be the first thing they thought of and I'm always trying to push them to right. like go further with it but I feel like I could I could push myself also that way like that's awesome you teach yeah, I teach, um, right now I'm only teaching one class at NYU, but I was teaching at Parsons and I was teaching at a state school for like five years. What class do you teach at NYU? Um, I teach graphic design, which is kind oh, of cool. random in a way because I'm not, nor have I ever been a graphic designer, but I try to make it as much about art as possible. And, and I feel like I, I think I'm good at teaching it. Like I like my students. That's awesome. Yeah, I took graphic design for a year in in Boston because mm -hmm. I thought ah, I, like I, I should do something useful or something. Yeah, switched my major for one year and then went back to painting. But, yeah, I remember my dad telling me I should be a graphic designer, and my not I was like, no, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> That's cool. You teach graphic design with an artist, you know, being a painter. Yeah. And That's great. It's actually kind of. Yeah, I feel like I've learned a lot through teaching it, like even just like because it's it's supposed to be focusing on like composition and color also. So 
Um, but I try to teach it kind of in an intuitive way also, like I don't want it to be any kind of formulaic thing. So yeah, it makes me think about the basics a lot in a way. Graphic design helped me a lot too. I yeah. Mean, just to think about like what you're saying, like composition, color, how to make something as clear as possible or how to make something striking. Yeah, it has to grab you. you. Far away and, and, and you can read it from far away and come up close and still, you know, it's understandable by everybody. Because mm -hmm. it has yeah. to reach, you know, a certain audience or a big audience. And to think in those terms that I feel yeah. since maybe in art school, studying painting, you don't really talk in those exact terms that are more simplified and more straightforward. Yeah, exactly. There's something about it that's a little more like it has to literally communicate something. And maybe it doesn't have to do it in the way that you think it does. Like I try to show them more kind of like, mm, I don't know, like people who like push the boundaries of graphic design and stuff and are not so like, like, I don't know, mm, like this is really basic, but if you think about balance and stuff, like a, like I feel like everyone wants to just put something in the middle of the page and like symmetry is not the only kind of balance and actually usually it's not the most in interesting kind of balance. So like that alone, like we wouldn't really need a class about graphic design if we just put everything in the middle and then it looks good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah or even just like also kind of going back to your paintings like the idea of thinking about text as an image is a big part of it like because we think of it in this other way usually of like what it says but that's there's also how it looks how it is on the page and the font and the color and all these right. facets yeah that that might be for i mean that probably is one of the reasons why i still use text from spending a lot of time in graphic design and and you know being really conscious about text i mean I, after that i designed a lot of flyers for my band and i was always designing new <laughs> posters for things and so text was always like you know the use of text as, as image yeah it's always kind of been there and i remember yeah spending hours in graphic design class talk, talking about fonts and the spaces between the letters <laughs> the kerning or whatever yeah all of that is like it it's really important and you can kind yeah. of play with all of it and it's like and it, yeah and it's like you realize that those are important things that you don't really notice at all yeah it just, it just kind of makes things feel either feel right or feel wrong exactly if it's working you don't you, don't, you don't know you why yeah <laughs> yeah like most people wouldn't be able to tell you like oh this poster i like this one better than that they wouldn't be able to tell it's because the letters are, you know, the kerning on the letters are better in this one and this one. Mm -hmm. uh, and then painting, I think it had like those things happen a lot too, you know, little nuances in painting that make it feel either right or great or or not so so good. Yeah. It could be like the nuances of colors interacting with each other, the nuances of direction or lines or who knows, you know, like tons of things. Yeah, totally. Um, so 
maybe we'll wrap it up soon, but I have like maybe a couple more questions if that's okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so kind of like, I don't know, I feel like we talked about like, yeah, feeling things out in different ways. And I was kind of wondering about like, so how does that work in a like a body of work? Like I'm, I was wondering about like, um, like I was looking at some of your past shows and some of the work you sent me of recent stuff. And like, I was wondering if there were things that you like edited out or, or if you're thinking about a kind of like idea as you generate a new body of work or if it's more just like a thing where it just, you just go and it kind of sorts itself out or something. Uh-huh. I think a little bit of both where it starts out kind of doing doing things then seeing what what's starting to come out and then sort of like going into maybe editing or thinking about <clears throat> like sometimes like paintings for me like I'll maybe do a painting and then I'll do like the brother painting the sister painting like I felt like that's kind of like useful for me sometimes in the like in the ones that I've sent you I haven't Maybe like the, the apple thing is, or the fruit thing is one thing that maybe came out in one painting and then mm-hmm. it's variations on other ones. And, um, but yeah, I haven't, I'm having a show in, I think maybe here in Mexico in April. And I'm actually starting to think about that exact question. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> like, like, do I, like how do, will it be? You know, I, sometimes I do like shows where they there's like variety of paintings that are they don't all look the same, but they're kind yeah. of you know different um, angles of maybe a, something, mm-hmm. or is it you know as opposed to maybe a show that it's just like the same the same sort of formula, yeah, time, just exactly. with different colors and different. Um, dynamics or whatever I'm but yeah I'm starting to think of that like or is there I mean it it is useful sometimes for me to have like sort of like a like an arching theme in my head where things kind of go through um that fit into yeah I like that myself like I'm more of a person that does a lot of different stuff but I feel like I maybe should try to rein it in a little more (laughs) but um, like I could see you doing a whole like body of work of like soccer paintings or like even if you did just even think about film noir as a thing like I feel like that's in there but I like that there's a lot of variety in your work that it's not just like this one thing you're hitting over and over yeah I think just naturally naturally it is more like like uh, like what you're saying like I, I do like doing more different things yeah all the time and I for myself I don't even think they're so different but um yeah, but it, yeah I, mean, I mean you have things that recur too like the faces seem like this thing that is always coming back to or something but then yeah, you, yeah. but yeah um yeah I think I just naturally more that kind of yeah I don't 
set myself off with like a certain idea of what these paintings are going to be and put a bunch of rules and then stick with that. I mean, I've done it before, <laughs> like with the black and white paintings, I did say to me, they have to be fast, kind of black and white. And um, just within, you know, just keep certain parameters yeah. present. And these lately, I, I think it's more of a, more freedom <laughs> yeah. in a way they were like, it doesn't matter if one painting has a whole different approach as the other one. Yeah. It's not, it's not like I can do that many different approaches anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe what binds it together is more like your style, your point of view, yeah. rather than a kind of image, a specific image, which I think is like a kind of, I was thinking about it in my own work and how it's like, it feels kind of like a more traditional thing in a way like like I know we I mentioned maybe we both like Milton Avery and like he could yeah. paint whatever he wanted and it all looked good you know but it, and it all looks like he made it like it's just like so yeah I think there's something nice like the freedom of that like he could really make a painting of whatever he wanted is something I like yeah the other day I was reading, since you were saying that about Milton Avery, I, the other day I just kind of like Wikipedia, his biography, I never read like a little bit. Uh -huh. of and um, I didn't know that he actually did a lot of um, like watercolors and stuff, like studies for the paintings. Mm. When it was time to do the painting, he knew where he already kind of had it set in stone, the composition a lot of the colors and they just kind of I mean they you know they're so light yeah the, 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 the surfaces it does look like he did them really quick some of them yeah I think he also I didn't actually I was like taking out a bunch of books about him from the library like mm -hmm. earlier in the year and I didn't remember necessarily if he did the drawings but like I remember it, there was a thing where it said he like painted every day and he tried to like look at it just like a job, like not take it too serious. Like, I mean, he took it very seriously, but not, but like kind of just like think of it the way a, like any other job that he just like, you know, gets up and does it and doesn't like put too much like pressure on it or something. Yeah, maybe like doing it every day, maybe kind of lowers that sort of pressure yeah like just as and it's like you know, like a cobbler or whatever I don't know like just that it's just an action that you do and you know I like I love his paintings and I think I think he's like such a relevant painter today even yeah totally super relevant yeah I love it I like I saw a show of his daughter's work like last year too that was very it's it's shares a lot of stuff with his but it's also really great in its own way who's um, avery's daughter what's her name oh march avery she's got some great cat paintings <laughs> i don't i don't think i've seen i'll check them out yeah i never had seen it before the show it was at like a big gallery but now i can't remember somewhere uptown i was very uh -huh. into it cool yeah have, has this whole year um 
have you been productive or you're still teaching online yeah i've only i i i um i have been pretty productive i would say although i didn't really like push myself to have to do like whatever i don't know like i didn't i had a sh couple shows over the summer that were one of which was hap was supposed to happen like right as things shut down and then the other one was going to happen in like june or something but they both were in chicago so i had both of them in in at the same time basically in july and i drove out and that was nice to like put some things out into the world and just be seeing art in person again too um so i it was in a way it was a very productive year in a way and i've like been drawing my ass off and making all these t-shirts and stuff and i started a podcast and so i know that's pretty productive i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah super productive. but i feel like i'm yeah i'm kind of like i have like kind of two i have these paintings that i have been making portraits of courtney love for like a mm -hmm. while and i feel like i need to like kind of end them like i feel like i can't <laughs> I can't do that forever and I but I'm feel like I have one last bunch that I need to do and then I'm also starting up another group of paintings that's more like more just from my own life and my own self-generated images and stuff yeah. but that which I think is going to be important but is more challenging in a way like figuring out what the center of that is or something yeah it's it's that's an interesting thing about like doing portraits and things like that. I mean, that's kind of like what I was doing too with those small paintings, even mm -hmm. though they weren't portraits of of any specific person. Yeah. But um, but yeah, portraits. Yeah, you always have that. Is does it have to be that person? Is it? Am I interested in in just the um the forms or the person or yeah me <laughs> yeah it's nice that they are so like that's kind of what's weird about portraits is like maybe if you don't know the person or don't care about them does it still resonate or nice. i mean if it's good it will and it kind of doesn't matter maybe but yeah the way that you do these faces it's like kind of like a roar shark test or something like it it could be the artist or it could be yourself or some mixture between the two yeah it's uh, the portraits of courtney love that you did are, are they like small medium or large they're pretty small like in terms of like i guess they've been small to medium and now i'm making big ones like which kind of follows this like narrative of her career like when she be so i'm working on like i was doing all like the grunge years and now i'm trying to do like the glamorous phase where she like yeah totally. started doing like all these um what was it versace ads and like she was in movies and stuff and so that's like I'm really interested in that part because it was this huge transformation. And so that's that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I mean, I guess she does represent. I mean, there's a lot to that to be talked about 
what yeah. you into in culture and how that's changed too. Yeah, I feel like she was a way to like explore kind of a darker side of myself in a way. Like I admire that she's so kind of herself and she seems so like uninterested in what people think of her in a way. I mean, maybe in a certain way she's very interested, but in another way she's kind of like, fuck everyone no. or something. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I feel like actually, I mean, in a, I feel like your work too has a, I feel like there's this, I don't know, you're talking about um, psychology and I felt like if I was thinking, like it feels like maybe a lot of the characters might explore the shadow side or something. For sure, yeah. I Yeah, I think like that character sort of is, or I would, you know, it, it kind of fits that sort of description yeah um, shadow of um maybe how, how can we say like i mean i mean yeah like the part that we all have that you know you like or dislike or the the, the guy that comes out you know like at night and you know like parties <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <be> like... <laughs> yeah like they're always like it seems or maybe not always but it seems like often they are really smiling in this intense mm -hmm. way too which was making me think of like the cheshire cat oh yeah i think i rewatched that maybe a couple of years ago and when i saw that i was like oh this that's yeah smile. <laughs> <laughs> exactly which is like very um, it's very like ambiguous or I don't know there's something like it's not just like he's happy or you know there's this mystery to it and even like he disappears I guess and just the smile like yeah plays. exactly <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean like the character that I framed I mean I was also I love listening to old blues from like the 30s and 40s and it's all you know like the old blues guys you know the blues was a little bit you know look bad upon in church it was like you know mm. devil's music and it was because <laughs> these guys would you know like make these they were called juke joints and it was like these like you know makeshift bars where they would play you know the the songs and the blues and it's where you know women would go guys would go they would get drunk and it was you know all you know, all the bad things supposedly yeah. that would happen in there blues dancing women you know yeah. drinking and whatever and, and so all the songs kind of like a lot of them you know do, do have you know talk a lot about you know the characters that in, in those places and the emotions you know yeah that's so I feel like blues is, I don't, I'm not an expert on it, but it, like the idea of it kind of like taking something sad or bad to use some very <laughs> kind of simplified version yeah, yeah. of it and like transforming in something beautiful or even yeah, like, I feel fun. like there's a lot of spirituality in blues also. Like it's very, sure. it's almost like a, shadow version of church or something like it right yeah 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 that's a good way to put it i mean what you said yes yeah, it's, it's true too like and i i see that in punk music too that i used to love when i was a teenager and i, I mean i still can listen to it no problem and um 
but punk has has that feeling too where it's um you're transforming maybe anger or, mm. or sadness or whatever you know negative feelings and you're transforming into like just kind of joyous ecstatic fun you know it's like about you know like jumping up and down and <laughs> girls and guys and drinking you know yeah and you know, even kind of like, a celebration you know where it, yeah totally even like the kind of collective energy of that like it's like taking your kind of emotions everyone's kind of like yeah we all feel that way or something and and then yeah feeling better as a result of expressing it or something yeah yeah i mean and yeah i mean and yeah like in, in basic terms um yeah i mean those are the yeah like certain like moods or mm -hmm. music that you know i always sort of like have at hand mm -hmm. do you um listen do you listen to music when you're painting usually most most of the time yeah like sometimes it's nice it's silent mm -hmm. but most of the time yeah music mm -hmm. lately like during this year i was listening to a lot of you know, I wanted to have stuff without any voices, lyrics, something just more minimal. And I don't know if you've ever listened to Lamont Young. He's a, from the 60s. Um, he he lived, I think he still lives in Tribeca where he has the dream house. Yeah, know. the dream house. I've been yeah, and, and house. he was just experimenting a lot with like drone sounds and like he'll like, his music will, sometimes will be like one note held for like an hour you know with some mm. violins or some i don't know what instruments he uses but it gets hypnotic at some point it's just like one single note is uh, to me for me it's like great because it's kind of puts you in a very focused mm, that's kind of so mood. cool i never i have been to the dream house and i several times and i love it but i never thought i never really tried to listen to his music outside of that but that sounds yeah <laughs> interesting almost like could picture it almost like a mantra or something kind of like right yeah they're kind of like that that kind of mood yeah yeah I enjoy it. Do, you, do you listen to music when painting or i've been listening to more like podcasts but i used to listen to more music and i kind of feel like it might be good for me to return to some music because it does like put you more in your physicality or your emotions or something and I feel like I like to really like feel it when I'm painting so yeah yeah <laughs> I have like an attitude to it to it yeah totally sure. I think like I remember reading like Basquiat used to have like you know the tv going on and like music mm. and like take you could tell like from his paintings is always like the text always coming from you know whatever's on tv or like the music he was listening and images that yeah that's a good stuff. idea too just like in a way maybe all that stuff could keep your like anxious mind kind of occupied while you're doing your thing yeah <laughs> have you saw the richter documentary i yeah i well i went to see it and i walked out of it <laughs> <laughs> he's the opposite he's like complete silence like it's super clean like yeah space, like just hearing the brush <laughs> <laughs> 
I admire his work, but I, yeah, I got kind of bored by the documentary because I felt like it was focusing on just like, I don't know, more so like auctions and fame. Yeah, all that. Like, like, uh, yeah, but uh, maybe there was, That's I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, well, one more thought before we end, I really just, I like this painting with like the blue butt a lot. That one felt oh. a little different also. <laughs> that one came out of a Milton Avery painting. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, forget the exact painting, but I think there's a nude and it's blue and similar colors. And I, you know, the girl, um, that I put in there was just some random picture, but I really worked on it a lot on the, trying to get all the colors. You know, I wanted the painting to be about color mm -hmm. and shape. And so inspired from a specific Milton Avery painting, like that's where it took off from, just from a blue nude sort of. Yeah, that's the, really then, cool. It's a pretty small painting. I like how they're like I like how so is so foreshortened like it's kind of just like her butt and feet and then her little head yeah, is good. like more smaller and and then there's also like this weird part where there's all these little other faces that almost look like they could be peering in or it could be just like a pattern on a cloth or something yeah <laughs> There was, she used to have two feet, but one of the feet was like, you know, like going off the the edge of the the canvas. <laughs> so like it's, you know, erased it and it just became like that area, you know, that area was giving me trouble and mm -hmm. erased the feet and it doesn't make sense anatomically, but it, <laughs> it, makes, but it makes sense paint, painting wise. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which is one thing that I love about Milton Avery, like, like his figures, you know, they're kind of like really, you know, at, you know, they're, you could say they're badly drawn or whatever, but, <laughs> but they have to be that way for the painting to work, you know? Yeah, he really, he makes them so strange, but I love how he makes them into these weird shapes and kind of yeah i feel like almost yeah. no one has a face in his figures it's true yeah there's I don't, yeah i can't think of many faces <laughs> but yeah i mean he was just thinking about what works for a painting shape wise and yeah. balance wise or weight wise mm -hmm. and the same with land his landscapes too like i feel like i've been starting to try to do landscapes and i realized they're really hard because there's so much information but he's really like a master of figuring out what kind of what is the most important information. yeah yeah it makes you want to like yeah looking at his landscapes totally makes you want to do landscapes yeah so simplified too and and i like how he can play with you know they don't have to respect any sort of um space like things that are in front or in back doesn't matter mm -hmm. or like Matisse you know like what matters is you know what how the painting is working 
this flat surface like are the color you know the colors making sense or the shapes making sense yeah matter if the chair looks like it's on top of you know or further away than this or that it's more about the painting yeah totally